Olá pessoal, tudo bem? Welcome to the Brazil Crypto Report podcast, where we talk to the builders, entrepreneurs, and influencers from across the Brazil crypto ecosystem. I'm your host, Aaron Stanley, and today I'm joined by André Franco, who's the head of research at Mercado Bitcoin and the host of the Francamente Crypto podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the events of the last couple of weeks that have rattled the crypto markets, most notably the implosion of FTX and the downfall of its charismatic CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried. And we're also going to be diving into what this all means for the Brazil crypto ecosystem specifically. Welcome to the show, André. Hi, it's nice to be here. You know, like, uh, thanks for the invitation. So I'm assuming a lot of our listeners will probably have, will probably know who you are, or encountered you in some form. But would you mind just telling us a bit about yourself and uh, your background in crypto, and then what you do at Mercado Bitcoin? I mean, started in crypto in 2015 as an investor. You no, know, like, uh, I put my my first uh, reais in in crypto in 2007, in 2015, like buy Bitcoin, Ether, you know, and try to to keep up all these things that happen in crypto. And then, you know, like uh, I see all the this kind of mess, mess about the DAO and what happened in Ethereum, uh, the hack of Bitfinex. I was like with my part of my money on Bitfinex. So I, I saw the uh, these things happen and, and never of this like changed my idea about the future of crypto. So in 2017, I tried, I started to go, go dive in this, you know, like go, go big or go home, you know, like I, I put all my career uh, dedicated to crypto and it started like a, I think as the first crypto report dedicated to retail in the biggest one of the research in Brazil dedicated for retail, we start to cover crypto and when everyone like it tried to grasp it or just like to dismiss it, that is would be a future, you know, like in, uh, most of the the other uh, houses that are provide some contents now, they are like to to follow crypto and they have some positions to 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 cover these markets. And in 2017, it was like uh, all the the theses that uh, we we try to keep up is like it, it's a kind of a you know in seeing in uh, in from now is like it's kind of a a joke when you see the the theses now because now it's more robust as I see. But uh, in 2017, we also start like uh, uh, provide some information and uh, to retail markets and for sure uh, to create some uh, like portfolio. Uh, in crypto, and then from that moment to now, I think that I will have like around the thirty-two hundreds percent of results in four years, like well above the NCI and the, above the the Bitcoin returns. So it's it's a kind of a uh, a mess because it for sure is not like a line, but uh, we see this kind of uh, this moment now is like the moments that are needed to to work a lot to try to understand, and maybe you need to. To change your mind, what would be the future? So this is a, a kind of the moments that uh, I'm, I'm I'm used to having in the couple of uh, years ago. So I re I realize that now it's this is the one of the biggest moments in crypto, and uh, this is the reason why the uh, the decision that you made now that you make now uh, you uh, you decide if you go big or go home from now. You know? Yeah, I started with Card Bitcoin uh, the this year, and uh, I'm doing the same kind of the same job that I I had I had previous. You know, like I I cover the market, I provide reports for our clients, and try to you know all the understand the this mess that happened in crypto. And for sure, it's a kind of a research, it's a, a key point in 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 our decision because it, uh, I mean, if you decide what a what a tools that you want to build in or what the future will be. It's uh, easy to to place your bets, you know. So uh, this is the 
kind of uh, information that you provide to to the whole areas in, in Mercado Bitcoin to to understand what happened. For sure, the same thing that I, I do in the, in the podcast, in the videos, you try to provide provide content for the retail in general. Great. So yeah, you've got a really good uh, vantage point over uh, the market uh, and the ecosystem in Brazil, uh, just given your experience and your knowledge in the industry, as well as kind of your, your fingers very much on the pulse of what uh, retail investors, uh, institutional investors are are interested in and, and maybe concerned about. So as we're recording this, uh, it's it's November 16th that we're recording this here. Uh, we're about you know, a week or so removed from the collapse of FTX. Um, and the market's taken uh, quite a beating, uh, perhaps not as much of a beating as maybe some people thought it would, uh, given the the just the the bad news. Uh, but there's been tons of information coming out pretty much every day about just the scale of this whole like FTX Alameda like complex and this kind of shell game that they were playing. And and um, you know we're still trying to kind of process information like and just like what is actually going on here and and what does this mean and and trying to connect all the dots. And I mean, I just like to kind of tap into your mindset here. Like, how are you processing all of this? Like, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but what's your current mindset on like what like what's happening here? What does this moment mean? You know, for crypto? I mean, just for crypto generally here. Like, what where are we at? Yeah, if I, I can like uh, summarize your sentence, like a massive, it's totally a massive. Everyone like uh, thought that uh, FTX are reliable. They they have like the the name in arena they have miami Heat stadium and all those things so it's a kind of a, a surprise like a unpleasant su surprise for everyone and as i see like the unfold of the situation it's a kind of a unpredicted you know we when you see uh when this uh, ftx and uh slash alameda problem uh started you can see the roots in, in luna crash so it's a kind of thing that uh we start to to think about, uh, oh, this is the end or just like the beginning of uh, something else, even bigger, you know? So, and this is the question that uh, every time, every day, I knew with my team to uh, to try to understand because it, uh, the the position of this is that maybe is the bottom, you know? So it's a kind of a, um, uh, the, the points that you need to place our bets or just like to see the probability of the future. And then you, you adjust your portfolio. So, and from my perspective, uh, we can see this consequence escalate. I can uh, see what will uh, be the next steps. Maybe what you see happening in Gemini or is you happening in Genesis that uh, they uh, pause, uh, they withdraw. So this is the kind of thing that uh, we still uh, grasp and understand. So uh, this is the reason why uh, we need to keep up every day and adjust uh, our uh, our route, you know, like uh, where the markets uh, will end up. This is the the primary question, and for sure, like uh, the way that uh, that I see the situation, like uh, SBF committed a fraud, you know, uh, and this is really strange because it's a kind of to see uh, exactly what happened in the beginning of financial markets when the you give the banks and you give the, all the financial institutions this kind of power and no regulation. Just like believing them, uh, believing them that they are uh, doing things for the good of the population or the good of the the market and all those things out. So uh, it, it, it's strange to to like just re remember when uh, my first conversation with guys on on Asdaq, and they told me that oh everything that you are going through in crypto, we saw in financial markets. So uh, it's just like you can uh, borrow our control and our regulation through 
to put in your markets you know it's kind of a just a philosophical uh, point point of view but uh, I see that's uh, it's a kind of a, a repeat thing you know because if you don't have this kind of regulation or transparency uh, in my perspective and you can discuss this um, uh, aftermath because the, uh, the problem of the uh, CFI is that uh, okay you don't have a uh, so so much transparency transparency and uh, you don't have regulation so uh, it's just the the way that SBF or other uh, CEO can uh, can run can want to run the business, it's not a, like uh, they need to follow other rules. They need to follow their rules, and so uh, the the direct consequence of the uh, the FTX problems we will see like uh, in a couple of months. I think that uh, maybe in December or January or January we will see all this unfold direct. But uh, all the indirect consequence about a uh, how does you change the way that investors we see the markets? It's kind of totally unpredictable. I think uh, I could picture like some uh, investor in the future say that okay, you are doing the same thing now. You are in a bull markets, but uh, we see other events of the FTX slash Alameda in the future, and, and uh, you 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 wouldn't like reply this because okay, maybe it's correct because you are following the same uh, recipe, but. Um, uh, and the, for sure, the other questions would be like, uh, imagine that you are in a bull market and then the next SBF appear, like a, a young guy that like brilliant, brilliant and propose a new thing. And then people start to follow and, and try to like, oh, this is my idol and all those things out that happen in SBF. And then you see the people question this. Oh, maybe this is the guy uh, that you fraud uh, everyone, everyone uh, in the next uh, step. So... Uh, for me, like processing all these things is it, it, not easy, but for sure as like a locator and I need to put in my portfolio, I see like a uh, probability on my uh, on my horizon, you know, like what would be the, the next steps. And for me, it's like, okay, maybe more than half of the shit that's up here, it's come out uh, 6% of this. So we see the other uh, 4%. And this is how we need to respond to of this, you know, and, and this is, why uh, I think that a uh, uh, stay tuned of the market is, is the primary thing that I need to do in these days. Yeah, there is this kind of ominous cloud over the markets right now that it's like everyone's just expecting more bad. Like ever since this whole thing started unraveling back, you know, beginning of last week, the news has just gotten progressively worse, right? And it's, you know, call it contagion or call it just, you know, sort of, you know, people on Twitter, like sleuthing and discovering more things and then whatever it might be. But the news has just kind of gotten progressively worse, right? So it's like, first it's, you know, CZ's, you know, you know, inducing this bank run basically against, against FTX by, by liquidating FTT tokens. And then, you know, the, the counterpoint was like, oh, well, you know, they're going to not, it's going to be fine, right? It's, he's, he's just doing a slow liquidation. It's just normal market operations, whatever. Okay. turns out that yes, it did trigger a liquidity crisis. And then it's like, oh, but like now Binance is going to come to the rescue and they're going to salvage this whole thing. And and then uh, now they're not going to do that. And then now they're filing for bankruptcy. And then it turns out like, well, as long as as long as they weren't like misappropriating customer funds, then it's probably okay. It's just, you know, it's not a crime to just fail, right? I mean, it's that it, it happens. And then it turns out, well, they were misappropriating customer funds in a pretty egregious way. There's all these other entities that are are have exposure to them, you know, BlockFi, uh, you know. Genesis trading the news from this morning that they're, you know, they're, they're halting withdrawals. And 
So it, it just seems like everyone's just bracing for just more bad news right now. <laughs> it doesn't. And just like, when is the trickle of bad news going to end? Or what, at what point does this like stop getting worse? Is maybe my, my question to you. I have mixing feelings about this, you no, know, because the, all the uh, the way that you need to manage your portfolio is about uh, control your emotional uh, point of view, you know. And when you see like, okay, you, everyone is is waiting for bad news or even worse news, is uh, maybe is the point that you need to 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 stay on the other side, you know. And, and, and this is the situation. The, one of the way that I I can uh, face this uh, the situation because. It, uh, now we like all the institutional markets is like get bored about crypto. I think so. You know, like okay, guys, you are not bear markets, and then you commit fraud. You know, like one of the most, not the most, but one of the uh, like biggest uh, company in your markets that uh, you know, uh, Sequoia, BlackRock, uh, SoftBank, all this kind of tier one uh, VC follow the uh, uh, this guy. So. And this is like really impactful for uh, the markets. In the way that I see, uh, we we spend like a uh, kind of a maybe one semester or six months or uh, twelve months to just to like rebuilding everything. And rebuilding for me is just not just like create new things or just uh, like put out some defy on all those things. Just like rebuilding our confidence, you know, like from the uh, financial market and for sure for uh, this kind of the big investors. But uh, uh, from my side is that uh, uh, it's easy to see how uh, maybe DeFi will flourish in the future or maybe not just like in, in the longer run, maybe a couple of, of months you see uh, this happen. You see like the volume is uh, that in DeFi, it's, it's growing because of the situation. So if, it, if you can tell the, uh, the story uh, like as a book, it's a kind of the point, the moments of the change everything, you know, like the turning point of a, uh, of the uh, crypto markets that, okay, now people realize that uh, if you want to be a CFI, you need regulation. If you want to be a DeFi, the transparency will help you to have like uh, many regulators possible because it, it, remember that what happened, uh, I remember OpenSea, that one guy on Twitter said, hey guys, I saw like uh, some strange movements here in this kind of a uh, you know wallet here. This guy is buying the, uh, the NFT really like uh, previous before the they are listed in OpenSea. So maybe it's a kind of a French one. Do you agree with me? And the other guy, like first guy, so, oh, yeah, it's true, it's true. So this kind of thing that happened, like all the, you don't have like just one regulator, uh, just one surveillance. You have like all the world look at your address. So it's kind of a, a, exciting from my side that, oh, it's now is is not just like uh, a crypto as a whole. You have like some paths to follow. And this is, is uh, uh Nice because when you see uh, the kind of entrepreneurs that are jumping from Web 2 to Web 3, they they see the differentiation of the products. Okay, I want to be a CFI or DeFi. Okay, decide this and then you need to, to follow for like a uh, uh, lifetime value, how to acquire uh, a, new, a new client and how to keep the finances okay. Uh, this is the moment that I, I think that uh, uh, is exciting also for sure. I mean, I'm concerned about many, many things. But uh, from this point, I think that uh, uh, we will see this. Uh, we see crypto uh, going through this and emerge uh, even uh, even stronger, like uh, next year, next two years. I think so. 
Yeah, and it cuts at this this question of kind of the C five versus D five angle is one I've been kind of wrestling with a lot, and you know I'm I'm very like pro DeFi and like I think this is this is part of the solution. Yeah, there's been a lot of helpful commentary from the industry and even from even just people you know like senators in Congress in the U.S. that were kind of pointing out that hey, this was not an issue with crypto. This is more of an issue of just a centralized exchange custodian going rogue. And and just rehypothecating customer deposits with you know just committing fraud, um, it has nothing. To, I mean, it could have been with any asset, not just crypto, right? Um, DeFi does present some solutions to this. Um, however, I mean, I, I, in, just in October alone, we had like something like seven hundred and sixty million dollars worth of DeFi hacks and exploits, which is not, you know, obviously not good. And it, I think the signal, at least my takeaway from some of this, is like. You know, the solutions that we have, like DeFi needs to be, you know, kind of the competition to sort of traditional financial markets in a sense. But like, we're not anywhere. If you're getting 600, you know, six, $700 million worth of exploits in a single month, like you're not ready for prime time. Um, and I think my concern here is that we, you know, it's like, okay, we, we want to be, we, we, we believe in regulation. Like we don't want to be just like rogue actors in the wild west, but we also don't want to recreate the existing financial system just with blockchain, you know, blockchain plumbing, basically. And I'm worried that, you know, this, this is going to basically, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm struggling to see how at this point in time, we don't end up, crypto does not end up just recreating the, the existing tra traditional financial system. Um, maybe that's, that's just my current sort of pessimistic state of mind right now. Hopefully I'll, you know, feel better tomorrow or change my opinion or something, but I'm just having a hard time wrestling. Like I'm, you know, like is is like DeFi is a solution, but is it the solution? Yeah, this is one of the questions that I I would send to uh, to my team. You know, I I love this kind of discussion, and then you you pinpoint like the the whole problem about DeFi, like hacks, and uh, I I've been monitoring like all these hacks on DeFi and all the hacks in like breeds that are like a, a trend now. You know, like everyone wanna hack. It. Uh, the bridge is a kind of honeypot for uh, hackers. And, um, uh, you know, uh, last year you you went through like 2 billion in racks uh, in general. And now it's like almost 3 billion. So you are in a curve that uh, they are peel up a new hacks, you know, like it's kind of a growing hacks season, you know, like you see like the professional ones, you, you, you can mention like Lazar from uh, uh north korea and all this kind of uh guys that uh, uh try to find the honeypot and, and try to exploit with it, exploit with it, like uh, tons of uh strategies uh in, in the way that i see so when you see the problem uh you can try to to put some uh premises to find the solution all the the way that you find uh, solutions about the defy or in crypto in general is like by proposing uh, a solution even even if you don't have uh, the real solution one example of this is like uh, when you see the history of cryptography and uh, the problem about uh, uh, the key and how to assess your uh, your messaging like in the old old school cryptography uh, the one of the guy that proposed uh, a symmetric cryptography it was just like for concept and uh, they spent like uh, more than one years to find the solution for real but the concept helps a lot to find the elliptic curve 
So this is the, the way that you see crypto happen. Or when you see the problem of bridges that, okay, the problem is the honeypot. So try to find this. What is the problem of DeFi? Uh, DeFi, the problem is that uh, the honeypot, you put it like LPs together and you put the money together in the same place. And then if you want to exploit this, this can uh, drain all the funds. So you see as a problem, try to find a way to, to solve this. And, and the uh, other thing that I, I think a lot about this is that, uh, Okay, uh, DeFi is like going through all this hack problem, hack seasons, and uh, it's not end up here, you know, like we didn't find a solution. But when you see what happened, uh, uh, the development in crypto, like, and I mentioned, I will mentioned Ethereum for sure, because they are like the cutting edge of the developing. I, I sent one guy on my team to DevCon, and he told him the, uh, the same idea, you know, like, we see Ethereum and all the guys from Ethereum, like uh, Ethereum Foundation, they uh, they got uh, all the uh, like papers from maths. They digest everything, and now they are proposing new things. When you see all the papers, it's coming out. You see like this guy from Ethereum Foundation uh, plus someone from Stanford or MIT to propose a new ideas. You no, know? all the problems that uh, you didn't face after the merge. It was because they uh, proposed before the solution. So they find the possible what's coming wrong and then they find the solution. So in the reason of this, I see other examples that are like uh, uh, Zekai Snarks, you know, like they said like, I think 14 months ago that it's maybe it's impossible to have IVM with ZK. And now they uh, like just uh, put, uh, put for the market uh, the first version, the baby alpha, from uh, the Ziki EVM. So this is kind of thing that excited me. Uh, you are like with the one of the most uh, uh, brilliant people in the world, try to solve it, like all the problems in crypto. And the, when I see what happened in DeFi, I see that, uh, okay, it's just like a baby that you put out or many babies that you put out on the wild. For sure, uh, someone of this will die, but... Uh, what you see is that they will find a way to survive as a group, as a species. Um, and this is what my uh, I put my my faith and my bets because it, it's a kind of a really uh, it's really it's really uh, hard for me not to see that if you put uh, brilliant minds and money, you don't see the solution or you don't find the good outcome, even if the outcome is not what you previous thought. So, and this is this is why I see like uh, DeFi as one of the solutions when you you put the solution in the side of transparency. You no, know, this is my point. If you want to be a DeFi, you have like a, a solution for this. But uh, for a pure marketing that are dedicated and and a call for crypto ethos, you have DeFi, and then you can follow this. Maybe not today, maybe next year, but maybe when you see the exploits going down and the, all the this kind of um. I mean, a process to create a smart content. You know, like one of the guys that I sent to DevCon, uh, he is like a, a, a developer uh, in smart content. Actually, he is uh, trying to understand all these things. And he has a project that uh, almost in the end, now they needed to to see all the uh, audition points and you know, like uh, what would be the uh, test of this smart content. And the, every day he told me that, oh, it's a totally... Uh, like uh, unbelievable, all this point that you need to pay attention. Like uh, 
it's a uh, uh, kind of a hack science uh, science hack to, to for them you know, and 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 this is the reason why I think that uh, you are uh, uh, you are growing you know like you you are facing up all the problems in that point of the the history but maybe in the future you will see uh, the back days uh, today's and see oh yeah this is what uh, really necessary to uh, to to find the the outcome of uh, okay defy works. Yeah, and it's a great point because you know the the one thing that that really attracts people to the crypto industry, I think, is just the there's there's no shortage of ideas and entrepreneurship and and just you know, you know trying to find salt like pro, like solutions to problems that maybe a year ago we didn't even know existed. Um, and and there's just kind of like this you know almost like innovation with reckless abandon almost where we're not even going to worry about break. We're just going to make stuff and we're not even worried about breaking things. We're just going to make stuff. Right. And we're going to solve problems. And then we're going to, you know, kind of figure it out later how it all comes together. So it is tough to bet against. I mean, when you're, when you're kind of in the, in the weeds and you're seeing just all this, all this stuff that's that people are building and all these innovations, it's hard to, to like bet against that. Right. To your point where um, like, there's going to be some guy out there, some anonymous guy on Twitter out there who lives in, you know, you know, who, wherever that is just going to, you know, find a solution to this. He's going to create something. Right. Um, um, so I'd like to kind of switch the, uh, the theme of the conversation here more to the Brazil market specifically. And I would just love to get your thoughts, um, on, and maybe, you know, just an aggregation of, you know, kind of, you know, what conversations have you been having with other people in the market? Like how, how is this whole FTX crisis, been impacting the Brazilian ecosystem? What's been the reaction of people across uh, maybe the local industry and maybe just, you know, uh, you know, retail people who are, are, you know, they're invested in crypto and they're wondering like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, everyone is uh, surprised about what happened. Like when you see even the local employees uh, here, uh, the FTX, like they had uh, uh, their funds on uh, FTX. You know, like I, I am personal friends of uh, one of them, you know, like it's like he, uh, a totally like oh I have a job and then now I don't have more and uh, I I lost all my uh, crypto income and all my my money in the FTX so uh, this is like a uh, thing that I I want to mention because it, uh, it's hard for people that are so outside in crypto to understand this you know like it's just the high some guy and put this it's not like it have so many information about the what happened and for sure when you see uh, how many people's and funds was affected by FTX you know that are just like the inner circle of uh, SPF knows about the uh, know about the the problems but the impact in Brazil is like uh, for sure this will uh, accelerate something about regulations because uh, uh, when you see uh, what happened in Brazil, and I think that, uh, okay, maybe uh, it's a part of the game that it, you need to uh, to leave things gone. I mean, uh, all the exchange that uh, uh, starts to uh, uh, provide service in Brazil, because this is a kind of a hot market in, in Latin America, for sure, uh, no, uh, no question on this. They uh, just like send someone or hire someone here, they don't have any uh, any you know like offs here. For me, it's like just like okay, you are just trying uh, uh, placing your bets on a new country, and then you saw like this happening in 2017, and then in 2018, this uh, the same guys just leave Brazil because it, it's a uh, uh, it's not a like a, a market that they want to be because all the the problems that you faced before on the on the last bear markets. But now it's like I think it's different. Uh, you are like. A, 
like a, a pretty good size now and then they want to get this uh, this market share and the 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 point is that uh, uh with this ftx uh, problems in alameda then for sure the funds that are they uh, they keep uh, for for them and the, all the brazilian citizens that are they uh, they they got this money they will uh, uh like uh, cheering for a new uh, tree up for a new uh, regulations uh to see that and see the problem about this because from my perspective is that uh okay uh you have some uh ideas for traditional financial markets that you can get to uh to just uh, create this safe environment for the 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 clients you know and first one is like uh, asset uh asset segregation or this is the, the main discussion about uh the rules that uh you are in brazil and, and this is the main topic now but um uh, what's the others like outcomes for for this that's first one institutional uh, perspective about crypto it's worsening for sure worsening a lot and you know? like it's a kind of really really uh, difficult for the guys to understand the difference about crypto and the FTX. You no, know? so this is the most uh, one of the biggest company in, in crypto. And if this go bankrupt in like seven days or ten days, no, no matter uh, when you get this, is like a, a few days. It's a kind of a, a, a guys could think that okay, everything is vapor, you know, like uh, everything a, is a fraud because. Uh, how this going through this how this ftx going through this if he, they have like a 32 uh, billions of valuation and uh, going through a lot of uh, you know like vc rounds and uh, they invested it so no one no one understand crypto or everyone's a fraud uh, and for sure the retail they will uh, be affected by this first one the guys that lost this fund their funds and the second one is that uh, uh, the kind of uh, um, stories that it will be uh, on, on the air, you know, like uh, everyone in crypto lost money. You have like a lot of uh, histories, stories in Brazil about uh, uh, Ponzi schemes, you know, it's uh, like a famous hero, this kind of a uh, culture of things that happen in Brazil. And now uh, you have like the other people that believe in, in exchange, they believe it like, okay, this guy is one is not regulated but it's like really close to united states this guy is like a genius and all those things and they thought that oh i am intelligent because i'm not following some ponzi schemes on brazil and then i put my money in ftx and this guy got hurt a lot like 50 uh, percent of the uh, you've the been assets putting your money with the pharaoh of bitcoins right <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's, I mean, that's a, that's a point that I think is important because the industry in Brazil has spent so much, they've made such an effort the last, you know, 12, 18 months trying to educate consumers and retail and really trying to say like, Hey, look, this stuff isn't just a scam. This isn't a Ponzi scheme. This isn't the wild west. Now you have even a lot of like reputable companies, like all these banks that are opening their own crypto platforms, um, that are you know, kind of making this play, like trying to assure retail that, hey, this is this is something that you should invest in, right? And, um, you know, so you put in all this effort trying to convince people that this this is not like a scam and this is a safe thing and this is more mature now. And then something like this happens. And, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, this is the biggest Ponzi scheme of them all, right? And how do you regain the trust of, of retail investors after this, right? Who, who may 
you know, maybe their only their only uh, you know exposure to crypto before was like Pharaoh Bitcoin stuff, uh, uh, you know, gas consultoria. And then, you know, they maybe they got burned in that and then they're they're having to kind of regain their trust. And then something like this happens and they're they're like, why should I trust this anymore? Yeah. The point is that uh, from my perspective, just time, you know, like he, you need time to to simulate everything for the retail, from the investors, for the big investors, because it's uh, it, it's one of like uh, bees, you know. I remember that uh, in a conversation with it, the first guys that I created, the first fund, uh, the first uh, uh retail funds uh crypto funds in brazil they went to a lot of uh meeting with the family office in brazil and the every time he went he went entering the room we he uh, realized that okay the guy just accepted this conversation because he, they are my network they don't want like a really uh, willingness to to invest in, in this uh in this market and when uh, what happened 2007 actually uh what happened 2017 because they went to to the markets in 2017 and then in 2018 all the guy that just declined to receive then or just declined to invest in their funds they said okay i still do you know like this is kind of a um a joke this is kind of a, a toy it's not working it's not useful to be like this is your market and then what happened in 2000 uh, to any they uh, change everything you know i think that uh when they pulled to the john's statement that uh, okay this is could be a head for inflation and all those things and then all the world follow uh this kind of same clue they uh they they saw like uh, the ring fun uh, all day long you know like all people want to invest in in their market so uh, time uh, help people to analyze the facts in a different way you know, I think that uh, this kind of uh, a fog that you have in the markets that, okay, I see FTX is the same as crypto. They will change in years, months. I don't know. Maybe people will try to understand this and understand that uh, a fraud is a fraud. You know, like you have you have bad actors in all the markets. So what happened at CBF is just like a guy that uh, was considered a genius and uh, was in front of a uh, interest conflict and then uh she uh she she decided to follow uh the 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 wrong path so from my perspective is that uh you need time to to people assimilate this it's not like a, a thing that uh you need to force your educated people and try to say the same things a lot because in the future the same things that everybody's saying now they will assimilate in a different way. Uh, if I said to them now, okay, FTX is not the crypto, they are the same thing that happened in, in traditional financial markets a long time ago, a few decades ago, they said, okay, uh, maybe, maybe make sense, maybe not make sense, but uh, I won't jump in this uh, in this moment to the market. So the fact would be like a zero to just argument this. But maybe in two years, they realize that, oh, it's totally sure that uh, what happened here is, is uh, is not crypto because maybe in the future the DeFi is working. Uh, you know, maybe we can see like Uniswap or some other uh, DeFi products uh, not being hacked for a long, and they have some you know rules to follow and all those things else that help people to building uh, better smart contracts. Uh, and from my perspective, uh, this is the uh, the the big deal. You know, like we need time, and this is the shit because you are in the bear market and the, okay, maybe it's the bottom, maybe. 
is the worst case scenario it's behind us and then you see like uh, all the uh the possible of bull market in, in the next year or maybe in 2024 but now it's a it's a it's a question when you uh how how much time the market needed to absorb this next question would be uh i mean over the last like 6 12 months you've had uh, a lot of new entrants into the brazilian market um with you know, basically with the intention of trying to capture the Brazilian retail investor, right? You've had kind of this arms race of international exchanges trying to come into the market. Uh, you have Brazilian banks now that we've talked about earlier that are firing up their own crypto platforms like XP and and BTG and even Itaú and Banco do Brasil are starting to to do things now, as well as Nubank, obviously, can't forget about them. And in addition to obviously like Mercado Bitcoin, your employer and, and some of the other uh, local exchanges that have been operating in the market for some time, they're all, all these guys are kind of gunning for the, the Brazilian retail investor. Right. And, um, you know, at this point, like, is there, is there going to be a large enough pool of, of people, of retail investors to sort of, uh, you know, for all the, to, to satisfy all these people? I mean, is, what do you make of the, like the exchange business landscape at this point, just given the recent events? The way that I see, uh, the exchange game is just like, okay, you, you need to, uh, to intermediate uh, buying buying sellers, buying sellers. Uh, so it's for sure it's a, a market that uh, the margin is shrinking, or like all the the profit that you can make is shrinking. But it's it's not a, a big deal to to assume this. And then you need to uh, try to differentiate you from the uh, the others, you now the competitors. Uh, and and this is you be the the really uh, the fight that they will need to to face i mean what you do like in, in mercado bitcoin is just like you try to provide some tokenization uh, services from products that uh, you can could find in the traditional market but uh, with uh, a little bit uh, more income and a little bit more um, uh, high yield on this uh and, and the way that i see you know, like a local business, they, they are in the first step, you know, like for sure the, for B exchange, you needed to provide this uh, place for buy, buyer and sellers. But uh, what would be the next product? I mean, all all these uh, banks, uh, like a new bank, Itaú, BTG, and all this, the other uh, players that are coming uh, from abroad, they needed to differentiate themselves. And uh, from now, I think the the big hit of the FTX from the Brazilian markets will be like we will see regulations in in couple of months. Maybe would it be uh, the the best case scenario will be like uh, in, in 2022, but I'm not sure. You know, like almost the end of the year, where the World Cup, you have the uh, Christmas and all those things. Out. Maybe this is the end of the year uh, now. For now. Uh, but it's possible what happening in the next 15 days, maybe. So uh, in my perspective, it's just like this. Uh, the exchange need to prove uh, how strong they are. I mean, in the different way, maybe proof of reserve or asset segregation or like some uh, auditor to to put the stamp and then said, okay, this is a legitimate uh, place to, to put your money. But... Um, this uh this is the main point for me you know like uh, a shrinky uh income for the exchange they needed to to differentiate themselves it's the same what happened uh banks and uh, ex exchange in traditional markets you know they are just a, a place um marketplace and then they need to provide some differentiated services 
to uh, to attend the all the clients and put new new things on the table uh, and this is what happened in crypto for sure and uh, uh i see that a lot of people Yo, new bank from my perspective is like a, the easy easiest way to to buy crypto i remember there are friends that oh i used to buy an exchange and now i see a new bank so it's really easy i just like uh, get my money and put uh, like 10 reais send uh, 100 reais in crypto it's uh, uh, the easiest way to buy uh, crypto and when you see like itau or btg you said okay you have a big bank uh, behind the eyes so uh it's a kind of a the most reliable place to buy because it, you are not just like this this guy from wide west you are uh, the big banks you know like you you stay we stay here here for a while and uh, when i see the xp it's just like okay i i can see more the same like it's not a differentiate in any case of the things and when you see abroad is that's for sure it's uh uh, how much money they uh, they charge you for buy and sell crypto, but for sure they can provide some services that is impossible for local services provides because uh, they don't want to fight against the regulation. And the guy from abroad, they have this kind of a premises that they are outside and they don't need to follow the rules in Brazil. And they because you you send in the withdraw money as crypto, it's suitable to, to try this. You know? And FTX was kind of in this bucket of foreign exchanges that were operating in this kind of extra legal, you know, kind of gray area, right? Where they could, you know, they could say that they were complying with every, with all the relevant regulations and things, but there really hasn't been any, the, the legislation hasn't been passed yet. So there's a minimal amount of things to actually comply with. Um, but they had not been involved in the local market as say like a Binance or crypto.com or some of these others didn't seem like they were doing a whole lot of marketing to like retail investors, you know, in the same way that maybe they were doing in the States here where they were sponsoring, you know, Tom Brady and, and like Miami Heat Arena and things. I mean, is that maybe kind of a blessing in disguise, so to speak, that if, if there were people in Brazil who lost money because of FTX, it was probably more accredited, you know, qualified investors or funds or family offices or whatnot that might have had funds tied up there? Yeah, from the perspective, it makes sense, you know, like they are not promoting the retail markets for sure. Like It's not a yeah, even compared to what happened in the United States. Uh, and the, the way that I see, they are like a platform for traders. Traders creating the platform for traders. But the point of this uh, premise is that uh, uh, what what you are seeing now uh, about the documents and like uh, uh, some uh, uh, someone that are talking about what happened in Alameda and the FTX, you see that's the kind of engineer of the trading is totally provide. I mean, providing. Uh, I I want to say that uh, they are uh, sustainable by uh, the market make Alameda. So all this executed about uh, margin and calling margin and be like a totally, totally. I mean, a strong platform that uh, uh, trade loves is is uh, buying using the money for Alameda. You know, uh, because he, as a market make, you need to put orders on the book. Uh, that are not uh, have this kind of slippage is so strong. And for doing this, uh, they needed to put uh, uh, money, uh, proprietary money, and then they lost money in this this Luna crash, uh, an example, because uh, they needed to uh, to cover uh, that uh, slippage of the uh, the book, the book order. So when it's the perspective that, oh, it's totally attractable for the traders. And uh, from my perspective, just like, okay, it's not a family office, not institutional players, because uh, 
the institutional players needed to, you know, uh, have the investor that they need to explain. And they are for sure, they are really, really concerned about the regulation, not just like for not to go to jail or, or commit a crime, but for sure not to be uh, involved in some scandal as FTX. From my perspective, the people that I know that are trading FTX is just like uh, traders that have a, like a, a really uh, amount of money and they want a great experience with uh, different products and with the engineer that, that promote a lot uh, inside of the this kind of environment. You know, traders love the experience that, okay, I want to buy this uh, amount of crypto and uh, I bought this amount of crypto the, with the money that I decide to put in order any uh, problem with the engineer or any problem with the marketplace from my perspective is just like a, uh, a kind of a institutional uh, traders, but not uh, in the family office. Maybe the guys from family office that are, are sympathetic with crypto and they have money, they put it, uh, uh, their money in FTX because all the, the retail investors, they are not uh, impacted with uh, the the propagandas and all these ads that uh, they they use in United States, for example. Yeah, so I, I think that's that that point about it's really more like a prosumer platform to some degree, and and I think that yeah. was I think that was the reason why they were spending all this money on marketing in the U.S. was that they in order to compete with Coinbase and Binance, they really had to attract that retail base, which uh, most I mean most retail people hadn't really even heard of FTX, right? Uh, it was really more of like an industry in, industry insider play, mm-hmm. you know, up until they, you know, they came out with this like Tom Brady partnership and like, you know, sponsoring the arena and all these things and the Super Bowl ad, obviously. So um, really appreciate you coming on, Andre. This has been really helpful, helpful for me to help kind of understand what's going on here, how to process everything. Would love to give you the final word if there's anything else you wanted to add. Yeah, great. So just like you say to everyone that uh, listen to this podcast, you know, like any word about uh, what would be the unfold of this is for sure it's unpredictable. But uh, uh, I mean, uh, I see this as, uh, as a necessary thing that it happened. And it, for, see, the bright side is that uh, it could be even worse if you you just like postpone this crash because it's totally a problem to, to have on one side the liabilities, uh, even like really 10 times than the, the assets that you have. So it to be get even worse. All this case of uh, uh, buying BlockFi and all the uh, uh, others, Voyage and all those things, just like, okay, this is my debt. I can put it together on my same the same balance and then don't need to to say that uh, uh, to everyone that it's, it's, it to be a, a debt. Um, from my perspective, it's, it's necessary see the bright side and then like maybe in 2024, you you are in the in, in the same situation that you had in two uh, in twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. Yeah, absolutely. I think the yeah, I think we're gonna have a few more dominoes fall here. Things are gonna get a little bit worse, and then we'll we'll recalibrate and hopefully you know start steering on a path back to back to equilibrium. Um, I do think another uh, kind of blessing in disguise here is just that this crash happened when it did, um, and you know I think if. If, if Sam, if, if SBF would have had like six more months of runway here and, you know, he could have, you know, they, you know, they could have gotten their own stable coin to market. They could have, he could have gotten this legislation in the U S passed, which would have basically killed DeFi. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. he having all these backroom meetings with Gary Gensler and whatnot that are like, I mean, I'm sure we're going to find out even more of this stuff as, as, as the, the days and weeks go on here, but 
I mean, if he could have kept this thing up for another six months, uh, like it might have been game over for this industry altogether. And that's kind of the scary thing to me is just like, how did how did we get for an industry? It's all about like decentralization. Like, how did we get like so attached <laughs> to I and who's actually like trying to screw us, you know, and, and did screw us um, anyway. So parting thoughts from from Aaron, I guess here. But uh, but hey, well, listen, Andre, thank you so much for coming on and thank you everyone for listening. Highly encourage you to check out the Francamente Crypto podcast for uh, Portuguese speakers. It's a great resource. Um, and we will be back soon with another great guest. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Obrigado, everyone, and thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the Brazil Crypto Report newsletter on Substack if you haven't already. And please do give the show a five-star rating on your podcast app if you enjoyed this content. We'll be back soon with another great guest.